Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in today to the Inscape Quest podcast show. I am your host, Trudy Howley. Here I am talking with people about how they engage with their relationships, work, and passions. Please subscribe and share this show with a friend, and thanks to you, we can grow meaningful conversations together, one episode at a time. The Warrior Storyfield is a collaborative art project that seeks to bridge the gap between veterans and civilians. When complete, a 16-foot tall dragon and 18-foot high phoenix will be placed in a large park. Robert Bellows is the incredibly talented, humble and generous sculptor guiding this process. Here today, he discusses the intended empty space between these two powerful sculptures with Andrew Jarvis, a previous guest of mine, who is an incredibly experienced and talented stage actor and director. Welcome, Andy, and welcome, Robert. I'm so excited to have the two of you here and weaving two themes from other podcasts together, which is Andy's podcast about your life as a journeyman actor. And also I did a podcast with Anne Satori about the effects of war and her work with war veterans. And Robert, you are in charge of organizing and creating the space of the warrior story field, which Anne is a part of. Weaving the two of you together and exploring this idea of space. Space is an integral part of all art. How you two might explore together this idea of a third part to the warrior story field, the third sculpture being the space of the theater, space of healing and creative transformation and curative aspects of your projects. I'm fascinated and ready to hear what the two of you (laughs) might enjoy talking about today. So welcome. Wow. Thank you, Trudy. That's a great intro. (laughs) About seven years ago, a couple of vets came into my shop and I was making a a uh, sculpture of a rooster that's eight feet tall and about 4,000 pounds of rooster. And it's all out of metal. And these two veterans fresh back from Iraq uh, asked if they could join in. And I said, yes. And I thought they'd be here for a day or two, but they stayed with me for nine months, the entire time it took me to build the sculpture. And in the process, we became this amazing team. But in the process, all of us went through this amazing emotional change, I'd say. You know, both of the vets were in hot wars. They were carrying a lot of energy and somehow they softened in the process uh, of doing the sculpture. And what blew my mind is I also softened a lot. We closed down the the rooster and and, uh, we're done with that. And we were kind of in tears as that happened. You know, there were gentlemen's tears. They didn't fall off our cheeks or anything. (laughs) The two veterans said, what are we going to do next? And I received that not as a question. I received that as 
you showed us what we, we showed you what we need and uh, we need more of this. The three of us began to imagine uh, what we would make uh, as, a, as a sculpture to describe what it takes to come home from war. From those conversations, once went on for quite a while, we came up with the idea of the dragon to represent the warrior and the phoenix to represent the warrior come home and that there would be, uh, in their words, a tension between these two, these two creatures that were part of, part of them. So their, their, their wholeness as a human being was split apart, the dragon being the warrior and the phoenix being the, the warrior come home. Okay, so we have to build these things huge because we're talking about something huge. We're talking about war. 50 or so vets that have come through our, our place. This is all happening in my, my home, in my backyard. The two sculptures created that, that, that field of tension, but as we were building it, we realized that in truth, we're building not just two sculptures, but the third one. And the third sculpture is probably the most important, and that is that space in between. That's that that's magnetic tension between these two beings that represent the whole warrior, warrior come home. So there's our, that's our story. And uh, they're going to be about 17, 18 feet tall when they're done. So they're massive and they're going to be split, uh, separated by, I don't know, 80, 100 feet, maybe 150 feet. Okay. Uh, and the idea is that we want to create an underworld between those two sculptures. So we're going to cut a depression into the land that, so these two sculptures are looking across this depression, if you will. And that's where we go as a community, both civilians and veterans to walk in there, stand in between that tension, experience the tension, and then have our conversations. I know this is all woo woo, but <laughs> you can feel the field uh, that exists between these two things, these two sculptures when you're out here. I'd... So the idea is, well, we're going to down in this uh, underworld. We wanted to create a, a theater in the round, a place where we could do performance, poetry, or uh, do a, a ceremony of return of, say, a veteran and all his buddies or all her buddies, you know, come in and uh, witness them coming home or witness them getting through a difficult spot or that, that sounds wonderful so th this dig into the ground between the two sculptures how, that is that for the whole other kind of 30 feet or whatever it is now how far it, down does it go i think a delicate distance we don't want to be like two we don't want to have ladders going down in there we want to be able to walk down in and make it easy enough, say, for a wheelchair to even get in there. We want it to be deep and wide enough to be a small theater. So actually, you're talking about the audience being inside that. Uh, inside it or up above it, you know. Um, oh, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yes. we, could, yes. we could create uh, areas that were up above it. So we uh, haven't drawn uh, that. We have no design for it. I mean, the, the thing is, in the depending on what you could get, 
people you could get inside it. It was 60 feet. I mean, that's quite wide, actually, depending on what you want to do. But you could have in the round down there. But what we're talking about, when you're in the round, you need, in order for exits and entrances, I think, and I've had some experience of it in the round, is on the corners, if you like. Right. If you Actors back, coming in, diagonal, you've got the audience... Above, below, left and right, and with actors' entrances at those corners. That's the way, in my experience, the theatre in the round kind I of see. works. And, and then as the, as the uh, performers, uh, you have to work on those diagonals because if you stand, obviously, with your back to an audience, say, on the upstage block, you're blocking people. That's right. Stand on a diagonal. You've got your back to an entrance, and you're facing an entrance, and your colleague is also got his back to an entrance and facing you, and you're not blocking anybody. I see. That is. Thank you. I wouldn't have thought of that. But if you get on these diagonals and you work the diagonals, you're there. Now, whether you could get the audience up in the air and have some seating. On those four sides, Robert. We we would have uh, them on the sides of the bowl, I think. So they would be in a natural uh, amphitheater, if you will. Right, sort of sitting up, sitting on what would be the bowl. That's right. Yeah. Ah, very good. And it and it occurs to me that we could actually have uh, some of the diagonals be a cut in the earth. You could come in and not be seen as you came in. No, the other variant I've got here, Robert. It's what they call Travis, which is the audience on two sides rather than four. Right. The actors kind of walk in that cross space and the audience see them in profile more than if in the round you're seeing them yeah. you know, in the round, literally. Yeah, so that's excellent. I like that too. So. The other one, having, I thought when I was thinking it might be on the flat, having platforms in what I call, I don't know what I call this, I invented it myself, which is kind of a cross piece, which is having having the actors coming, you know, left and right, but also centre and and below the centre coming up, either on the flat or on the platform. I see. So they come down the hill between the audience on one side and on the other side as well. But you so your the actors or whatever is happening happens in this kind of cross shape. I'm seeing how I get it. That would be interesting to do as well. Actors could actually be up on the edges of the bowl. Uh, Absolutely, I like that because now they're engaged in a, at another level. Yeah, and they're uh, coming through the audience. That's awesome. The four quadrants too. Yeah, I like that. I don't. I don't know what you call it. Robert, I, 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 it was something I came up with when I was directing a show and I got bored with doing proceeding march and in the rounds. I thought, what else can I do? I don't know, let's do this cross piece thing. Or you can just have the audience, you could, I suppose, in a bowl, Robert, just have the traditional kind of end on, if you like. You could have the audience on one side and the actors uh, in in the base of the bowl and working up the other side. Oh. But so the audience is looking completely across. And so the actors have the whole other side of the bowl. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I really like that as well. I've never done this, 
but I did see a show where the audience were in the middle and they were sitting in a circle facing outwards and the action happened in a circle around them. You're actually quite limited with the number of audience probably you could get, Robert, because you don't yeah. get to take a lot of space. But then the actors have got both sides and the ends of the bowl to work with if they want And they could be up near the sculptures as well. Absolutely. Or, or on them. If you did the cross, whatever we want to call that, yeah. you could have actors coming down from the sculpture. sculpture one side and the other side and coming down the middle as well. Right. We, we have uh, in our thoughts that the whole team that's doing this are... We're in the Vietnam era age. Uh, we're young guys in our 70s. We want to pass this off to uh, a younger generation of veterans. We want to have two more sculptures be on the other quadrants. Having the stage set into your, into your cross is a, uh, that's an, I really, really like that idea. The power of those, those pieces of art be invested in the actor as they're going through in the round probably isn't the best because you're going to make them yeah. more peripheral. That's Whereas right. If you have the audience in the middle, if you have that cross piece, they are usable as part of the action. The veterans and the, and the community that's supporting them would actually participate in this, in these kind of things, uh, make up their own performances as well. Yeah. I think it's fascinating, this idea of the, the cross, the platform, and also the round space in the middle, because yeah. it's, the empty space is clearly not empty. It's so such an integral part. And to me, I keep feeling this sense of journey with the cross and the platform. It, it feels like there's a possibility of journey between the sculptures and movement between... Yeah the audience and, and the participants. And with the audience, I mean, then you will go to another place, so for me, with the audience in the middle, where they are involved, whether they want to be or not, because mm -hmm. it's happening all around them. That's right. Whereas in the cross, you're still an audience, whereas you're not, you're involved. But, but in the middle, what the, you know, you're in the audience, you go, what the hell's going on now? Who came there? What, what happened there? That's right. Behind you, in front of you, to the side of you, you are—you can't help but be involved. Well, it's it's inviting them in no uncertain terms to witness witness yeah. what's been going on the, with the veteran. It depends on the subject matter of what you're doing as to which will be the the subject matter is which will be the most potent way yeah. to engage your audience. You, you've uh, uh, you've given me a lot of uh, ideas. This is great. Oh, good. I, I see. Uh, I see the. I'm seeing the audience in the center, seated on you know uh, stools that they could spin around on. Yeah. So they, yeah, everybody is cool. constantly moving, yeah. trying to track yeah. the. That yeah. would be quite something. It's interesting this idea of this third space as being possible as both an individual container and also a place for direction in terms of a performance as well. So yeah. it's like it's, it's a holding space as well as you uh, can insert yourself 
and make your audience a witness. <laughs> of yeah. course, the other thing as well, which you mentioned briefly, Robert, which we haven't mentioned, is you could have the audience on the top looking in. Looking in. Without any audience in there. I mean, yeah. I, I've never experienced anything like that, but that, that, in it, that as well is another dynamic that might be really interesting. The thing we want to try to do is to um, provide veterans with this place where they can express the things um, that they can express, the unspeakable, the unspoken actions that they carry uh, in their body, if you will, to yeah. give them a place to have this expression happening. And some, some of that could come from actors and some of it has to come from them. The land sculptures are set in is going to, we hope to have a large tract of land, like maybe a hundred acres. We want to build the entire piece of land to be a sanctuary so that Trudy mentioned the idea of a journey. There could be a journey involved in coming into the theater, if you will. So it'd be a journey throughout the whole land yeah. uh, on a path that we would carve into there. So the theater could actually be out in the, out in the open and yeah. be moving into the theater, if you will, the enclosure, the space uh, underneath, the space in between. All of that could be happening. No, I've never directed one, but I've been in the audience for what we call a promenade, if you like, yeah. where, where you follow. You go everywhere. Yeah. And that's very exciting, and you're talking to the locations which are suitable for that particular kind of mo emotional moment. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. You can sort of say, well, our bowl is the focus, or it isn't. We start in the bowl and we go out from there. Yes. Stimulate creative expression with people that normally aren't really allowed to do that. You know, it's like... I'm wondering about the, the use of this outdoor space as such a beautiful way of incorporating the elements. So I love this idea of a journey throughout the whole property and the yeah. prom promenade yeah. as Andy's described and how the weather is going to be such an important part of the experience as well, just being yes. open yeah. to the elements. Yeah, we could always yeah. promise to have lightning at the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy and I were talking about this the other week about how do you get people who find it difficult to express themselves. You know, theatre is somewhere where you can actually... I spend my life pretending to be somebody else, but yeah. you can also pretend to be yourself. You can actually use that structure of theatre as the mask through which you can speak because oh. you are allowed, you are given permission. You are, you are not just you standing, you are given a vehicle through which to express. Oh, that, I Peter love that. Hall, one of our great directors, said he, he's done a lot with um, Greek drama, mm -hmm. and, uh, particularly actors wearing masks. And he says, and, and this is true of all theory, he said, put me an actor in a mask and he'll tell me the truth. And it's something to do with, and, and he's written a book about where theatre as a mask, if you like, which enables people to speak through uh, right. a vehicle. That's, I, I, I see that. I, oh, that is a beautiful idea. As the veterans out here are building the sculptures, 
Yeah. The sculptures are their mask. They're, it's like they're allowed to tell their story through right. the shape of the ribs and the, and the tension in the neck and the, and the snarl of the, of the dragon's mouth. You know, that's, yes. they can tell their story there. They don't yeah. have to, like, say, say what they experienced. Yeah, finding that mask that enables you to be truthful, then to speak the truth. I mean, if you're into it, it's called the, I think it's called The Actor and the Mask. That's book. the book? It's very interesting, yeah, by Peter Hall. Well, a mask obscures you. No, it doesn't. In actual fact, it does the opposite. That's what Peter Hall, who is one of our greatest ever Shakespearean directors, and he said, and he did quite a few Greek tragedies and uh, stuff at the National Theatre. And it is extraordinary when you watch it, you kind of go, yes, I'm getting more truth here somehow. In your context, what that mask, I mean, that's wonderful what you've just said about sculptures, Robert. What that mask is for the guys, if, you know, you're in a position where you want them to be in there and just talking about what they want to talk about. And uh, things that they think that they feel uncomfortable talking about yeah. that uh, that yeah. aren't, uh, as they say, uh, they they're not for polite society. You say. I love this connection to the the Greek tragedies and how the masks have come up there as well, because this space like connects to where open air theater originated from, yes. from the Greeks yeah. and the Romans. So it connects to our culture now with it being an open space and right. an invitational space for the, for the whole of the community as well. Drama was about the relationship of man with more than man. Greek dramas were performed on religious occasions and in the middle of that huge space and you've got the, you know, some staging behind the orchestra and all that, there was an altar, but it was about those people sharing some very basic human emotion about what it is to be here. The Greeks actually used uh, their their drama um, as a way of uh, processing the grief of war, because that was their their way of telling that story. I'm wondering if there's a way of incorporating that altar <laughs> concept into this kind of platform design with a circular space around the bowl as well because when it comes time to incorporate like the engineering and with the sound aspect of it if there's a way that you might be able to use the altar for any tech equipment if you need anything like that hidden in in some mm -hmm. form of an altar an undisguised piece of the action that is really interesting. We could have it down in the middle, the, the sound equipment. thought of creating an actual underworld, which is maybe Kiva cut into the side of that bowl that you could go into and really be underground. And maybe that's the, uh, you know, stage right. <laughs> yeah. There's that possibility. But I like the idea of having that, the sound equipment or be part of the stage. Actors, you know, using it or interacting yes, with pressing exactly. buttons or creating I, things. You can walk over and pick up a microphone or yeah. you can walk over and push a button and you can make the lightning come, right? Or go into, I like that idea of sort of going into another world, David Robert, disappearing. 
disappearing. And talking about, I don't know, what's going on in there. Also not hiding the technology because when it comes to warfare, there's so much technology involved yeah, in that. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I can hardly stand waiting to actually start building this thing. <laughs> start digging, Robert. Start digging, okay. Hey, if, stop, start digging. We're not there yet, but I, I would love to have you. And uh, Oh, thank you, Robert. That would be beyond awesome. Keep on talking. We'll come up with so many more new ideas. We're going to go... Right, well, we'll scrap that. Let, let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make this happen one way or the other. It's, it's uh, a wonderful project, Robert. I mean, when Trudy sent me the video, it's amazing. What you, I'm just thinking in terms of the theatre experience we're talking about. That is so potent. The, uh, the shape um, and expression of those creatures totally formed, not by my hands, but by the veterans' hands. Uh, and they took it in, into areas that I never thought we would go. Really? Uh, and my, my job as uh, kind of guiding this was to let go, and over and over and over. Right. Uh, get out of the way. Uh, and over seven years and so many people working on it that they're coming together and they look like they belong to each other, you know? <laughs> Let's do this, for, let's play. Yeah. Hey, what else can we do? What else can we do? Yeah, I'll bring me shovel. <laughs> okay, it's all right. All this airy, fairy, archy, farty stuff. Okay, just dig a hole, mate. That's yeah, all. dig a hole. Get that hole over with. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Been really sweet. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you for listening to the InScape Quest podcast with Trudy Howley. If you like this show and want to send questions or submit topics you'd like to hear about on your podcast, you can find me on Instagram at InscapeQuest. Thank you for listening and for your shares, subscriptions and downloads. Cheerio.